0: Thank you. All right. The first announcement, um, if you look on your bulletins, is that there will be a parenting study um, this next Sunday at 5 p.m., and that's probably going to be at Malibu West. Make sure that you sign up in the back if you're interested so we can keep you posted on the details, but we're going to just be going through what it means to um, be a parent, to be a good parent and Karen's parents are going to be leading that. So it's just a really great opportunity. If um, you are a parent or planning to be one, um, it's going to be great. Also, um, the marriage study that we've been doing, um, that's for anyone who's married or engaged. Uh, the next one is going to be in two weeks, Sunday, January 19th, 5 p.m. at the Raps House. Um, we'll be discussing Chapter 3 of the Meaning of Marriage by Tim Keller. If you don't know anything about that, um, it's a cool um, marriage study. We're going through the book, uh, The Meaning of Marriage by Tim Keller. So if you need a book, want to be a part of that, there's also a sign up for that in the back. Um, if God has put it on your heart or you're interested in helping out with the kids, um, that is a ministry that we do over in the trailer and little houses up the hill. Um, a really cool way to get involved um, Reach truth and life and encourage our young gatherers. Um, So there's a sign up for that in the back as well, if that's something you'd like to be a part of. Um, Also, we'll be starting a midweek home group. Um, Starting soon, we'll keep you posted. Not this week, but it'll be Wednesday night, just a dessert and a discussion. If you're interested in that, sign up. uh, Put your email on the list. Also, another thing, this is a long lead announcement, but something to be thinking about um Bo where's Bo Bo's up the hill Bo is a member of the student ministries so he signed up in the back you guys should too um Bo's going to be leading a trip uh to Guatemala in June um so if going on a short-term missions trip is something you're interested in um please definitely pray about that and talk to Bo find him good looking guy um Is there a sign up in the back? There will be a sign up in the back, but that's something just to think about. That'll be in June. Um, Probably going to go for eight, nine days, something like that. Um, Something to think about. Also, Titania, where's Titania? Um, Titania several times in the past has gone to Walmart and just gotten sleeping bags, rain jackets, uh, socks, and some other things like that. To give to SOS, which is the homeless ministry that that we partner with. And she's going to be going again on Thursday. So if that's something you've given to in the past or something you'd be interested in giving to, just see her. And sleeping bags are super cheap, but it makes a huge difference to the people it affects. And that's something they always need more of. So talk to her if you want to know more about that, or um, talk to her if you want to give to that. All right. Um, Those are all the announcements. So please join me in Ecclesiastes chapter 11, or on the back of the bulletins for today's reading. Ecclesiastes 11, verse 1. We're going to go through verse 10. Cast your bread upon the waters, for you will find it after many days. Give a portion to seven, or even to eight, for you know not what disaster may happen on earth. If the clouds are full of rain or whether both alike will be good. Light is sweet, and it is pleasant for the eyes to see the sun. So if a person lives many years, let him rejoice in them all, but let him remember that the days of darkness will be many. All that comes is vanity. Rejoice, O young man, in your youth, and let your heart cheer you in the days of your youth. Walk in the ways of your heart and the sight of your eyes, but know that for all these things God will bring you into judgment. Remove vexation from your heart and put away pain from your body, for youth and the dawn of life are vanity. Please pray with me. Jesus, we love you this morning. Thank you for your word. Thank you for all the truth and the wisdom, the promises that you give us in your word. I pray that uh, you would bless Locke as he comes up here. I pray that you'd give him boldness and strength and clarity. Uh, Jesus, we also invite your spirit here I pray that you would fill Locke, fill his words, also fill our hearts. Make us sensitive. Make us humble to receive them and to love each other and to receive your wisdom, not our own. Jesus, we pray all these things in your precious name. Amen.
1: Just really quick before Lockwood uh, comes and speaks, I just really want to encourage... All of you men in your 20s, young men, one of the things we really believe in here is raising up new leaders and and young men. And so we always want to be about investing in people that are younger than us. And so if you're in your 20s, here's a a man in his 30s who's uh, married and is a dad, and he is a man that is worth it for you to get to know. And so he's going to speak this morning, but even more than that is how he lives his life, how he treats his wife, and how he raises his daughter. So if you are looking for someone, uh, an older f- friend, mentor-type person, and you're in your 20s, I just really encourage you to get to know Lockwood. Take the initiative and build new relationships. And uh, he is a, a, a close personal friend to many of us here, and uh, he's going to share this morning. So thanks a lot.
2: Hey, can you guys hear me? Alright, cool. <coughs> Thanks, Tony. It was great having the piano this morning. Uh, we haven't had the piano here in a while. Super cool. Um, well, that intro was very humbling. Thanks, Brian. I can tell you guys a lot about what not to do in marriage. I've gotten good at that. So, <laughs> um, so I, uh, I'm really honored to have the opportunity to, I, I get to do this about I guess once every three or four months, and um, one of the things I really enjoy the most about it is, I'm going to start my watch, um, is that preparing for the sermon uh, is very humbling because most of the time, majority of the stuff that I'm uh, struggling with, I end up studying about, so it, it helps me out a lot, and so the majority of the stuff that I'm going to share with you this morning is stuff that I'm working through. Um, right now. And uh, this pa- this passage in particular, Ecclesiastes 11, has been something that's been on my heart um, for probably in the last six, eight months. Uh, a lot of times when I'm making a difficult decision in life, I'll read this chapter, or this uh, this book. And But anyway, I, I kind of wanted to share with you guys a little bit about the holidays first and, and, and then lead into kind of the sermon. But um, the holidays for me... I guess this year we're a little different. Uh, I went home to Florida for the last couple weeks, and um, you know had awesome time with my family. You know, living in close quarters, and you, you don't you know you're not working, so the time that you spend with your family is typically a little bit more than usual. So therefore, any uh, little intricacy can potentially get on your nerves. Um, and, you know, these, these expectations that you have with your parents sometimes, I mean, are unrealistic, and I, I think vice versa the same with, with me. So, uh, but I think one thing that I realized this year going home is, um, you know, I saw this weight on my parents that I had never seen before. And, um, you know, I think living here, oftentimes, I don't, I, I get with a lot of stuff they're going through, but they're in that season of life. And, you know, as, as we kind of read through Ecclesiastes, it's a very, talks about cycles of life and. Um, how life's cyclical, and, you know, good times, down times, bad times. Um, but I, 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 my parents are kind of going through this, I guess, more challenging point in their life, and uh, my mom's mom is kind of on the last rung. She's She's been battling cancer for a while, and then I um, have a, another family member that's seriously battling addiction that it's kind of got a little messy in our family, and it's been ongoing for a long time. And I think the reality of life kind of... Gets up and slaps you in the face a little bit, um, and it wasn't depressing, but it was there was oppression there. Like you could just see the weight on my parents, and and you know, and I, I think a lot of times people we 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 hold the holidays up to be this time of joy and happiness and everything's great, but as you know, when you when you get to be around your family, it's like the reality of life is that we're all dealing with difficulties. <laughs> it's messy and it's and it's hard and it's challenging, and and there's there's some beauty in that as well um i found out yesterday morning that my grandmother had passed away not the one i was speaking of earlier um, but my dad's mom who had been suffering with dementia for the last couple of days and um so the last couple of days when i was studying for this i've been kind of reflecting on her life and uh and um and it's been it's been interesting just because uh, you know I, I i got to know my grandma fairly well growing up but i think the, what has the most, sorry I'm giving a eulogy, it'll take a couple minutes and then I'll <laughs> move on, but uh, one of the things that she taught me was um, you know, I grew up at her beach house a lot and just walking on the beach and she was an artist and when I close my eyes and picture her, I see like kind of the swampy, I think my thing's we'll Oh, Here we go. Sorry about that, Tony. Thank you. I picture kind of like um in North Jacksonville, there's this place called Mayport, and all these shrimp boats come in, so there's like this smell. And there's the intercoastal waterway, which is kind of, you have the ocean, there's a couple miles of kind of marshy swamp, and then there's intercoastal that runs pretty much down the coast of Florida. And it's beautiful. And um, and so she, she loved to paint pictures of that. And then uh, and then I just remember going on the beach when I was very little and you know, picking up all these little different clams, shark's teeth, and everything. And, and so I think, you know, at a young age, she exposed me to some of the things that I love the most now in life, you know, the beauty of, of the ocean, and um, so I'm thankful for that. And I think, you know, as I grew uh, as a believer, you know, just seeing God and all those beautiful things that she was painting, and, and um, she's, I think, the only really creative one in my family, so I guess my love for, for music and stuff like that kind of came from more of that artsy side. So that's my eulogy. Um, and... Um, Anyway, so getting into Ecclesiastes, and what I'm going to do today, too, is I'm just going to kind of read through this chapter a little bit and just talk about it. You know, Ecclesiastes is a little different animal because it's kind of vague generalities of wisdom. Sometimes it's more specific, others, so I think you've got to be a little careful not to draw too much out at the same time you want to kind of cross-reference it with other scripture, so there's kind of like this, you know, just fine balance, and so I kind of I want to challenge you to read this chapter after we talk about it today because I think there's a lot of cool stuff here, um, and I think the Holy Spirit reveals a lot of truth through these verses. Um, but so, just kind of a little be- bit of a background on Ecclesiastes. Uh, you know, the different um, scholars say that you know that uh, Solomon wrote this. Uh, the author calls himself the preacher. Um, Other scholars say that it was someone else that wrote it during this time period. I'm not going to get caught up too much much on who actually wrote it, but basically it was about Solomon in that time of prosperity. And it's interesting. You'll see kind of the ebbs and the flows through the book. And one of the things that I find, you know, especially being here in Malibu, you see, you know, Solomon had everything that anyone could ever want. Um, You know, the wisest man to walk the earth other than Christ. Um, You know, he had conquered many kingdoms. He had... Um, He built many, I mean he built the temple, he built so many other things, he had anything that we would all deem as someone being successful to have and yet if you read Ecclesiastes he says all is vanity you know. um, At the same time he talks about kind of you know he talks about the cycles of life like I was saying and he talks about uh, um, he talks about hard work and and how at the the beginning of the day you know you you sow and you, you reap what you sow And so there's a lot of practical wisdom that is in this chapter. And I think one thing that I really want to communicate to you guys um, before we get into this is there's, you know, throughout Proverbs and Ecclesiastes, throughout the whole Bible, you know, there's the law, there's the gospel. And the law is basically pointing us, revealing our need for Christ. And the gospel is the good news of Christ, the fact that he died for us and that we're justified. So it's always good to important to kind of distinguish what's law and what's gospel. Um... And uh, the other thing is, there's a lot of practical wisdom in uh, in this book, and I think it's important when talking about practical wisdom, is that, um, you know, it doesn't necessarily mean that we talk about these practically wise things to do that you're going to seek these showers of blessings that come in monetary wealth. The blessings could look could look like anything. It could look like poverty. It could mean a relationship or. or are a tributary of life that you, may, you, you, you might not have thought you'd ever go down. So I, th- I think it's, it's good to follow this practical wisdom. I mean, it's, it's being a good steward of the resources that God's given you. At the same time, you have to look at the practical wisdom in light of what the gospel says. So it's kind of like, I talked about justification, I, I guess, the last time I spoke. But you know, once you're justified in Christ, you're a new creation under Christ. You're in Christ. You're a co-heir with Christ. At the same time, um, he's given us a a map to to live our life as stewards, and I think that's what we're going to get into a little bit in Ecclesiastes eleven. Is as a steward, being justified in Christ, you know, what are some some practically wise things that we can do? And so this is what Solomon or the preacher kind of gets into in verse eleven. And we'll we'll start at verse one. I hope you guys have your Bibles this morning. Uh, I'm going to flip around a little bit and talk about some different scriptures, and I'm just going to kind of walk through it and just kind of. You know, I think the Lord revealed to me a couple things through these verses and just kind of share with you guys. So verse one says, cast your bread upon the waters for you will find it after many days. Um, cast your bread upon the waters for you will find it after many days. You know, I, I sat on the beach and thought about this verse forever. And I don't know, <laughs> i never had some super revelation of what it meant. But a couple of things that I feel like uh, I got out of it was um, not to be anxious about... Uh, about like the little intricacies of life, but to cast your cares to the Lord. Um, another thing I got was um, giving a portion uh, of your wealth back, and and seeing it come back to you in different ways. Um, flip with me to to Matthew sixteen twenty five, if you guys don't mind. Um, let's see, Matthew sixteen twenty five. So this is a pretty cool verse. And I want to read the kind of the, probably, I'm going to start at verse 21. But basically, um, this is kind of the verse talking about if you lose your self for my sake, then for my sake you will find it. And I want to read the kind of a little bit more so that you can kind of get the context of this verse. It's pretty fun. Um, maybe not fun. But it's pretty interesting. Uh, so I'm going to start at verse 21. From, what, from that time, Jesus began to show let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever would would save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. For what for what will profit a man if he gains the whole world and forfeits his life? And so, like cashier going back to verse, Cast your bread upon the waters, for you will find it after many days. One of the things that really stuck out to me is that verse, and um, you know, a lot of times giving up that anxiety that, that burdens us and casting it to Christ. Because when we hold on to that, we're almost um, devaluing the cross. Because when Christ died on the cross, he died for those things. So casting your cares on the water, um, that's kind of what I got out of that. Um, moving on to verse 2. Give a portion to seven or to eight, for you know not what disaster may happen on earth. Uh, so naturally I think of diversification and um, I kind of work a little bit in the finance industry. Um, so, you know, I have a buddy that uh, that that runs a hedge fund in Dallas and um, he was telling me this story. So basically what he does in the hedge fund is they, they really research um, companies and get to know the ins and outs of how particular companies work and operate. Then they try to... Um, understand the macroeconomics of kind of what's happening in Washington DC and how that impacts a particular company. What are the financial markets going to look like? You know, if the the companies in the restaurant industry, like for instance, you know, and they're selling pizza, you know, there could be a famine in South America which impacts cheese, therefore You know, their margins are going to decrease because of the famine. So these hedge funds will really get into understanding the specifics of what might happen. Um, And then they'll make bets. So my friend would bet on, I want to say make bets, they would would short it. So they would bet on the company to lose, and they would buy that. And so uh, there's a particular car company, I'm not going to mention any names, but that he looked at the fundamentals of this company. He's like, dude, this company, the fundamentals, their management structure, the way that they're set up, their, their strategic plan, their forecast for the next five years, this is all bogus, like this is crazy. This stock price is totally inflated, so I'm going to bet on this company to lose. So they, they lost, I think, 15 or 20 million in that particular bet. Um, they bet on the company to lose. And for other reasons, consumer sentiment, what the consumers felt didn't align with what the fundamentals of the companies were. And they lost that bet, and so they got out of their position, but sorry if I went into too much detail there, but (laughs) the point of that is there's uncertainty. When there's uncertainty, there's volatility, and when there's volatility, like in a particular hedge fund, they're betting on the volatility, so the point of the hedge fund is that they will have 8 to 15 probably stocks that they're betting on, and some win and some lose, but at the end of the day, It's kind of like, you know, if they can continue to average, you know, 15 to 25%, they're doing really good as a hedge fund. So diversification. (laughs) Sorry, guys. Diversification with your wealth, um, you know, is very prudent. It's being a good steward of what God's given you. I'm not telling you guys all go on hedge funds and do stuff like that, I was just giving you an example. (laughs) That's what I think of when I read that verse. So verse uh, verse 3 if the clouds are full of rain they empty themselves on the earth and if a tree falls to the south or to the north and the place where the tree falls there will it lie So what what gathering from this is look there's certain things that happen in life you know where a tree falls that's where it lies that you cannot control There's certain factors like this guy that made the bet sorry I'm going back to this on that particular car stock. like there's uncontrollable things that he didn't know were going to happen Therefore, it reveals the volatility of what's going on. There's certain things that happen no no matter how much we want to control what's going on in life that are going to occur. So if we're finding our identity in in certain things and how we think that they're going to occur by the way that we see it happening, and you're finding your identity in that, it's going to fail you. Um, And then he goes in, he who observed the wind, verse 4, he who observes the wind will not sow, and he who regards the clouds will not reap. And this is kind of like one of those other practical wisdom things. You know, there's the type of people, and I'm both of them, so I'm guilty of this. There's a type of people that sit back and say, oh, you know, you should do that, or I'm I'm being really critical of what somebody's doing. But at the same time, I'm sitting back and I'm on the sidelines criticizing someone else when, you know, I could be doing that myself, you know? And I think a lot of times in life, we, you know, our culture breeds complacency and laziness in a lot of ways and entitlement. I think a lot of times in life we sit back on the sidelines and we don't we don't throw ourselves in. We're we're, we're very critical about the people that are working hard or doing something in particular or, or the way that church should be. At the same time, we're not coming to Brian and saying, "Hey, not only when I want to volunteer, I think this should be done, but you know what? I'm gonna I'm gonna do it. Uh, I'll take I'll take ownership of that." I think um, you know Solomon. One thing through the whole book of Ecclesiastes is very, you know, very adamantly talks about that. In verse five, he says. As you do not know the way the Spirit comes to the bones in the, in the womb of a woman with a child, so you do not know the work of God who makes everything. Just like we are saying, you don't know some of the mysteries of life and how things will happen and how they will transpire. It's, some of it is a mystery that we will never know. At the same time, you know, we have to trust in God and that he has a bigger plan for us. And so those first kind of five verses can be summed up in this. Uh, in verse 5, and, and then going into verse 6, this is probably one of my favorite verses. I, I know no, you've probably never heard this verse from someone saying that it's their favorite verses. Uh, but it says, in the morning sow your seed, and at the evening withhold not your hand, for you do not know which will prosper, this or that, or whether both alike will be good. Like this is like my Magna Carta here. Like this is, so like on a day-to-day basis, you know, what do you do? Like what does a normal person do? You get up and you sow your seed. You don't know what's going to be good or bad. It might be this or that. The same time you get up and you're and your approach to your day, and um, you know this is what life is made up of. It's this consistency, the cyclical consistency of life. And uh, in the morning you sow your seed, and at the evening withhold not your hand. Um, and you do not know which will prosper. And it, I feel like in the evening, like you, you get up in the morning, you sow your seed. You know whether you're going to work, whether you're going to school. You plan out your day. You, you try to execute it the best that you can. And at, at the evening, rejoice, for God's given you everything that you have. He's given you the skill to go out and sow your seed. He's given you the opportunity to work. And that's what the day looks like. I mean, that's life. That's the reality of life. And I think that's what you know. You read all through Ecclesiastes and what Solomon or the preacher is saying. And I mean, at the end of the day, that's what it's about. It's you know, it's talk, He's talking to us. It doesn't matter if you have everything in the world, or it doesn't matter if you have nothing. That doesn't matter. And then he kind of shifts gears a little bit um, into verse seven, Um, and so kind of that first verse, the first six verses, kind of talks about the kind of the practical wisdom stuff, and then he gets into kind of a little bit more of, you know, what is it like, like what is life like, and so verse seven it says, "Light is sweet, and it is pleasant for eyes to see the sun. So if a person lives many years, let him rejoice in them all, but let him remember that the days of darkness will be many." All that comes is vanity. Now, I don't know. I get a little cynicism from that. Um, Let's flip over to Ecclesiastes 9, verse 7. It should be like right across the page, maybe. Uh, Go, eat your bread, enjoy. Drink your wine with a merry heart, for God has already approved of what you do. Let your garments be always white. Let not oil be lacking on your head. Enjoy life with the wife whom you love, all the days of your vain life that he has given you under the sun, because... That is your portion in life in your toil at which you toil under the sun. Enjoy all your vain life. It's kind of like, it's it's a little like, a little depressing maybe. You know, he's like talking about all this stuff and you're like, good, good, good. And then he's like, enjoy it because it's vanity. And you're like, what's going on here? Let's let's read a little further. Um, Rejoice, O young man, in your youth. This is verse 9 of chapter 11. Sorry, I'm jumping around a little bit. Rejoice, O young man, in your youth, and let your heart cheer you in the days of your youth. Walk in the ways of your heart and the sight of your eyes, but know that for all these things, God will bring you into judgment. So once again, he's like telling us to to walk in, walk in the ways of our heart and sight of our eyes, and said, you know, but be careful. God will bring you into judgment. I'm going to try to communicate what what I've been really getting out of this, and what the Lord, I feel like, is revealing to me here. Um, So... Be patient. I don't know how clear it's going to come out. But, um, you know, when, I, when he talks about the youth, a lot of times, and we're blessed here as a church because we have a lot of college students from Pepperdine. And for me, I'm super blessed. I love being around younger students because a lot of times you have this youthful innocence, not that I'm old or anything, uh, an idealism of life and people. And I think a lot of times older people become, be, become a little tainted with life and what happens. And I think both are, 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 well, I don't think it's necessarily wrong to be ideological at the same time. You know, it is wrong to be bitter and, and, and cynical a lot. And I think um, that's where the church comes into play because it allows people that have, have experience to be around people that have that youthful ideology. ideology. And you know, mixing that together is really cool because you guys bring encourage me and and i know the renters love having you know you guys over the house and like love being around that atmosphere Um, and it's really cool and so i think you know that's such a blessing to be a part of and i think as you guys um, continue to grow i want to encourage you to pursue your heart pursue what's on your heart um, and to go after it Um, and don't be discouraged by cynical people in life that say oh you're you're not going to make it in that company or why are you passionate about that? Do you realize how much money that costs to do? Like, whatever, you know? Stick your nose in it and go after it. Um, but when he, when he says at the back half of, of chapter 9, but know that for all these things God will bring you into judgment. So he says, walk in the ways of your heart and the sight of your eyes, but know that all these things. So kind of while you're doing this, you know, you have to be wise about it. Um, you know, good things are good things until they become ultimate things. And then when they become ultimate things, they, you start wrapping your identity in that. When you start to, be, to wrap your identity in that, that's, that's when you're taking your eyes off Christ. Um, in verse 10, it says, Remove vexation from your heart and put away pain from your body for youth and the dawn of life or vanity. So vexation is kind of, um, you know, being worried or frustrated. So, um, you know, I think, you know, as we grow, you can't help but being anxious in life. I know as I grow older and I've kind of, as I shared with you earlier, experienced some of the stuff that has happened um, with the family, it's easy to start to bear that burden on your own shoulders and um, have vexation. And I think, um, you know, the Lord, like I said earlier, died on the cross for a purpose. And... Um, and that purpose is to take on that anxiety. So uh, Philippians 4, 6 says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything through prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made, un- made known unto God. And the peace of God, which passes all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. So what I, I, I want to finish up by jumping into Romans a little bit, because I think Paul takes kind of the stuff that the teacher was t- trying to communicate and kind of takes it to the next level because we can have peace with God through our anxiety, through the uncertainty in life because of Christ. And I just want to paint that picture a little bit. Turn to Romans 5. Mark, Luke, John, Acts, Romans. There was a song that I learned that went along with that. I forgot it though. Uh, verse 1. And I'm just going to read this because I feel like it's super clear. Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, through him we have also obtained access by faith into the grace in which we stand, and we rejoice in hope of the glory of God. We're talking about hope this morning. Um, More than that, we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, and character produces hope, and hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit with God who has been given to us. So when there's uncertainty, when there's the volatility of life, we can go through it as believers because we have hope in something much greater than ourselves. So, yes, we should continue to be good stewards of the resources that God's given us. And, yes, we should, you know, this practical wisdom stuff, that diversification, stuff like that, that is very important. But at the same time, at the end of the day, as long as we're secure in our identity and Christ, that allows us to go through the difficulties, the things where a tree falls, they are where it lies. Things that happen, things that are uncontrollable in life. Uh, flip over to Romans 8, and we'll finish up here. Um, let's start with verse 12. So then, brothers, verse, uh, chapter 8, verse 12. So then, brothers, we are debtors, not to the flesh, to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us. For the creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of of the sons of God. I mean, so we can walk through life secure in identity in Christ because we are under Christ. We are under the blood that was spilt for us on the cross. And it talks, I love the verse about falling back into slavery. That's what we do to ourselves every day. Like, we, he's freed us from the law. The law points us to our need for Christ, but we are free from the law. Um, our, what's the word that I'm looking for? Our standing in Christ does not matter because of our actions. He has already died completely for us. Once we we're justified, we're justified. Therefore, works works. Are an outpouring of the gratitude that we have for what Christ has done for us, and to get back to the practical wisdom that we discussed, and and in addition to works, being good stewards of the resources that God's given us. Um, and that's it. I'm gonna I'm gonna pray, and then uh, I think we're gonna have a couple more worship songs. Dearly Father Lord, I just thank you for uh, just the word and the truth that you've given us this morning, and uh, Lord, I just want to challenge um, everyone out there, Lord, to, to just to open up the Word of God and, and to see the truth that you're revealing, to, to chew on it, to meditate on it, Father. And uh, Lord, you'd use the Spirit to reveal certain things to us, um, to, to give us continual hope as, as we kind of drift through life and, and experience the tributaries and, and all the different things that take place, Father God, and, and help us to just sit back and remember that life is lived out day to day, not in the next big thing that we have coming or the next deal that gets done or, or if we could only have this house or this car. Lord, help us to be content with who we are in Christ now. Father God, I also pray that we continue to be diligent in our day to day. Father God, you have given us resources to go out and work, to provide for our families, to help people. Father God, help us to be um, good stewards of those resources you've given us. And Lord, I just pray for any heart that is out there this morning or that's, that's dealing, just having, experiencing difficulty in life, whether it's with family because of the holidays or just certain things that they're down on their luck. Father God, I just pray that you can comfort them in their sufferings knowing that um, that you died for a reason, and, and the reason is to take on and burden all of our pains. and In your holy name I pray. Amen.